Even though it's impossible to achieve, many of us, especially those of Caribbean descent, black and brown folks, try to strive towards perfectionism. In this episode, I would like to talk about how perfectionism is instilled in us, how it affects us once we get older, and how to get away from it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Agreeable Gray Area podcast. As always, I am your host, Leandra. Unless you've been listening to a different Agreeable Gray Area podcast, then whoever that host is, is that host. Anyways, yeah, I'm starting the episode a little bit differently this time because your girl took a break, not intentional, and, you know, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and just podcast listening to podcasts and just hearing how it starts yeah I still don't have music yet I'll I don't know I may add it to this episode I more than likely won't (laughs) but yeah just sit back and enjoy the episode I know I've been gone for quite a few months I couldn't believe my last episode was in August that's insane I could have sworn up and down it was September I've just been, I don't know, just kind of going through it in terms of just trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Like, where do I want to go in terms of career-wise? So I've been trying to learn a lot of things, trying to do a lot of things. Unfortunately, podcasting doesn't pay. I know, I know, shocker. I know this podcast is so amazingly done so consistent. I am sure you are shocked that I do not get I, that I do not get paid to make this podcast. <laughs> Maybe one day. Loki, I would not mind. I would not mind a career making podcasts. I think that would be a lot of fun, honestly. Cuz, you know, you just get to talk with hopefully like ideally with people. I don't know if I'd want to just talk to myself. But I I would do that too for money, you know, like shit. (laughs) As I'm sure all of you know, I'm in therapy. So this topic has kind of been at the forefront of my mind lately. Even though I don't really talk about perfectionism per se with my therapist, I have been talking a lot about just how I grew up. I know, very cliche, very... Very typical therapy, but it has been helping me realize a lot of things about myself. It's kind of one of those things where you're sort of forced to look at something that you thought you got over, but you really haven't. (laughs) Yeah, so this episode is very near and dear to me. I'm saying as if I already pre-recorded it, I'm just going to slap it on to... (laughs) This afterwards, I'm literally saying it right now as we speak. But yeah, um, first and foremost, I do want to talk about how this idea of perfectionism is kind of instilled in a lot of us. I know that a lot of my listeners are Black, um, especially first-generation Black folks, either from either from the Caribbean, Africa. And yeah, and I and I also have a lot of listeners who are African American or what I would consider African American. 
as even though I guess I am technically, well, yeah, I am African-American, but I consider myself more so Caribbean-American. Like, I didn't grow up eating a lot of things that, you know, black folks whose parents and grandparents and great-grandparents grew up, you know, who were born in America grew up eating. And yeah, you know, like just culturally, it's there's a, there's just a cultural difference. Sure, yeah, we have definitely a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of cultural differences as well. So I want to talk about how, especially being of Caribbean descent, and I'm sure a lot of um, non-Caribbean descent listeners will relate to this as well, especially if you are first-generation American. Um, our families can be very harsh. <laughs> like almost illegally harsh. <laughs> like, it's just a different level of harshness. I'm of Jamaican descent, so I'm going to be speaking more so in that perspective, in that lens. I'm also a millennial, a youngish millennial. I'm the last of seven. A lot of my siblings are older millennials, and I have a sister who's Gen X. So it's, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know how to, like, it, it, I guess it kind of puts me in like an interesting position. Because, you know, growing up, I, I felt like I was just judged harshly for my quote unquote imperfections. And I know a lot of you all can relate to this, like, it, it just felt like they always wanted to change like literally everything they deemed unseemly or unfit about me. Literally, like they couldn't talk about anything else, especially my mom. Like my mom comes into mind and she's going to be listening to this and she's going to have some things to say, but whatever, it's true. <laughs> literally every Jamaican mom, every Jamaican auntie, uncle, and any Jamaican adult older adults have has said this to their niece or nephew or grandkid for example growing up they like my mom would always make fun of or critique the way I was walking like I don't know I know that probably most of you listeners can walk but you kind of need to walk literally everywhere especially like in your house you know, so if I'm walking to the fridge, if I'm walking from the fridge to the couch, and if she sees me walking, and in this moment she feels like making fun of me, then she will. Not necessarily making fun of me, more so critiquing. And it's not even like a very simple, short critique. Just like, oh, you know, you got to straighten up. Nothing quick. It was always like, you got to straighten up. You kind of do this, like, you kind of, like, whinge up your, your back. You kind of, like, you, like, you kind of whinge up your butt when you walk. You, you know, you, like, you look like this. And, like, she will, like, try to mimic how I'm walking and start laughing. And, you know, like, I was just minding my own business as, like, a nine-year-old or something. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. This lady who... I've known my whole life who, when I gained consciousness, I was suddenly in this house <laughs> with these people 
who are my brothers and sisters and, you know, my dad and everything, is telling me someone who hasn't really been out in the world really except for school that I walk incorrectly. <laughs> and real talk, like, that really messed me up. Like, uh, I would just be getting so self-conscious about how I walk. I'm still self-conscious to this day, I'm not going to lie. Because, it, once again, it wasn't something that was said once in a while. It was something that was said, at least to me, it like maybe to them it felt like once in a while because they were older. And, you know, now that I'm older, I understand that time just moves differently. But back then, it just felt like all the time. <laughs> it's just a key memory that how I walked was just incorrect. My mom still gets, uh, gets on me about how I stand. Yeah, how I stand is a problem. Like, I can't even stand correctly, according to my mom. I remember one time during the, like, the height of the pandemic. This was 2020. My mom was still living with me at the time. And one of her friends was come, you know, one of her friends came over and she was giving ginger beer to her friend. And, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't really looking forward to this because, you know, height of the pandemic, somebody's coming into my house. They're probably going to be wearing their mask all incorrectly. And like, I, I, it would have been fine if they just exchanged and, you know, the ginger beer and went outside and talked. But, you know, of course not like, you know, like they're old people. You can't tell them anything. They'll just do whatever the hell they want. So they're in my house just talking and I'm just like standing there kind of listening and talking a bit too, engaging in the conversation. And I have my arms folded and I'm just like standing and talking I, I, you know, I was comfortable, nothing, and, you know, nothing seemed to be of matter. I felt like the person was in my house for way too long, to my liking, but whatever. And then a friend left, and my mom came back inside, because, you know, like, she walked, she walked her friend, to, you know, to the car, and my mom came back and was like, it's like, why were you standing like that? And like she just like kind of like went off on me, not, not seriously loudly, but it was just like, she has these expressions that just make it seem like what I'm doing is just so disgusting, so horrific that how could you ever in your life think of doing like standing in that way? Like, how could you do that? How could you have the audacity? Like She has like this face that expresses that. And it's so confusing and it's so alarming because it's not a big fucking deal. Like, <laughs> it's not a big deal at all. I guarantee you the person didn't even notice. I guarantee you they didn't even care. And, for, and the most important thing of all is I don't care. I don't give a shit how this person sees me. I'll probably never see this person again. I'm not sitting here being so cognizant of every single thing that I am doing in order to make somebody else comfortable. And it was one of those moments that made me realize that that is how I grew up. 
that is why I can, I have certain levels of anxiety at times. I don't know. I guess it depends. Like it, it's definitely not as bad as it was before, but I've definitely had, I've definitely had times when I was, you know, had some serious anxieties growing up. Um, like when I was a kid and you know, like I would just try to, you know, talk to my mom about something like she would always make fun of my voice because as you can tell, I have a pretty monotone voice. I guess like I guess my mom's a little hard of hearing. Of course, I didn't know that growing up because you do kind of have to talk a little loudly to her because she talks kind of loudly, but she doesn't realize that. <laughs> so it took me a very long time to realize, but she, I think she has a little bit of hard of hearing, my opinion. I don't know. Not a doctor. So I would just be saying something and then instead of just her asking, oh, what did you say or what? Can you repeat that? She'll go, she'll mockingly make fun of how I sounded, laugh about it, and then ask me what I said. You know, like that's just, yeah. So I would be, you know, and like, you know, I'm a kid. You know, I'd be like four, five, six years old. I don't know anything. I know like five things. And all five of those things, my parents taught me, you know, like I was taught by the people, you know, by my brothers, sisters, parents, you know, like, I don't know anything. <laughs> and I know I sound like I'm whiny. And trust me, I do have a point at some point. <laughs> Once again, it just, it was just constant. So after a while, you kind of just, you kind of just disassociate and stop talking and just kind of keep to yourself because... If you're trying to share something with somebody and you're constantly, like my brother would constantly make fun of every single thing that I liked or liked doing, you know, so if I got excited about talking about like anime or video games, even though those were things that he also liked, he would make fun of me about it. So I stopped talking to him about stuff, <laughs> you know, like, like, what do you think is going to happen? Some like I, you know, like my mom would sometimes get on me about how I would be sitting. You know, like as a girl, you have to you have to sit with your legs crossed or legs closed. You know, because reasons I don't know. Men are wild beasts in, in the world, and they can't control themselves. I guess, and you're just taught that as a kid, or I don't know. But or even if like my legs were not even open or something like if I was sitting and I had some kind of look on my face it would be a problem like you can't even exist <laughs> like like literally like I was gonna say something more literally you can't just exist you existing is somehow problematic it's just a problem and you just have to deal with that sometimes and what would be even more annoying is my mom would think she knows what's wrong with me. And she would think it would be like some boy, the only boy that she ever knew that I dated besides my current boyfriend. She would just assume it's that boy. So like, of course, I never really told her about the other guys that I've dated because why? So she can use it against me. <laughs> No, of course not. So she's just going to forever think it's just this boy from middle school <laughs> while I'm away at college. You know? 
Like, when I think back on it, it's actually kind of funny. Because <laughs> it's like, she could have just asked. She could have just asked, like, hey, are you dating anybody? Are you talking to anybody? Is there anybody that you like? No. Nope. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, she just saw me as somebody and decided that that's how, who I was. And I know that a lot of black folks and, you know, Caribbean folks can definitely relate to that, whether it's like with nicknames that family members give you or anything, you do something one time and you're just forever that and never want to get to know you outside of that. So <laughs> like it's, yeah, you know, like it's pretty sad when you think about it because like, I know all of you are very interesting people, and to just be defined as this one thing because of something that you did when you were eight, and then, they're, and then you know, the, your family and people in your life, or mainly your family, yeah, are just trying to, are just assuming you're something along that realm of what they deemed you at eight years old, <laughs> you know? Hopefully I'm making sense. I think I am. For example, my dad's father, my granddad, you know, he gave me the nickname of Grandma. And I never really knew, like, why exactly, I guess. But my brother said it's like, oh, yeah, because you just move so slow. You just talk so slow. You're like... And I think my mom said the same thing, too. So it's like, oh, okay, that's nice. <laughs> who knows more than like when I think back on it more than likely my mom probably or dad probably said something to my granddad and probably you know made him you know probably just talking some shit because they had you know nothing really to talk about and that's probably how I got my nickname I don't know I wouldn't really be surprised mind you this isn't like a hating on my parents episode it's just like when you're reflecting on things you're like oh yeah yeah that's totally something that did happen like it's cool it's whatever it's just kind of unnecessary <laughs> it, you know it's not something that I necessarily want to be reminded of you know that's just I guess how they know of me so they just kind of hold on to that rather than you know, holding on to like a memory rather than getting to know me now. Growing up, because I have this monotone voice and I talk apparently slow, like I don't really think so. Like, I mean, Barack Obama speaks slowly and he was president, but you know, go off. <laughs> so, like, whatever, no big deal. Uh, you know, I was subconscious about my voice. It wasn't until college I kind of got more comfortable with my voice. And it's not like I didn't really talk or communicate with people. You know, like, and once again, it wasn't something that I was just constantly thinking about or, or whatever, but it was always, but my voice was always something that, you know, how it affects people it was always something that I just kind of had in the back of my mind. Like... My brother, who I've, you know, mentioned on this podcast several times, even earlier in this episode, who's like batshit crazy. There was a time when I was just trying to talk to him about something, but I guess I was speaking to him too slowly for his own good. 
and he just like lashed out at me because he just couldn't, you know, listen for 15 seconds, I guess. And then he just did some, then afterwards he did like some bullshit apology. But, you know, that's one of the many reasons why I just can't deal with him anymore. <laughs> like, I'm literally not even going to see him for Thanksgiving because I really don't want to see him. I Like, there's just, there's just no reason to interact with this person anymore. Thought about it many a times. If he's in the same room, sure, I'll talk to him. But hmm, I don't really see a need to have, like, a relationship you know, like a brotherly, sisterly relationship with him. I feel like especially as a woman, you're just kind of, especially as a black woman, you're taught to just kind of, you know, turn the other cheek, forgive and forget, you know, just be okay with everything that happens to you. And I am kind of tired of that because it just takes way too much energy out of me. <laughs> so... Yeah, no. No, thank you. One of the things I haven't mentioned that every human being relates to, you know, especially of Caribbean descent, know that, you know, you got aunties and uncles or even your own parents. If you haven't seen them in a while, like the first thing they say is, oh, you gained weight. Oh, you look fat. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Cool. You know, you could ask me how I'm doing, ask me how the things I'm working on are. You know, I'd love to talk to you about that. But yeah, let's talk about my weight. I remember one time when I was like 17, senior in high school or something, I had lost a lot of weight. And I mean, you know, overall, I wasn't really like a big kid or anything really, but for whatever reason, I, I had lost a lot of weight over the summer. I think because I was just playing video games all day and just not eating. So I just lost a whole bunch of weight. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are like anime shows about that. <laughs> but it, it legit happened to me. It was cool. Like, you know, I liked, I liked how I looked. I can't remember if I felt like I was like fat or anything, you know, but whatever. So I lost a lot of weight. And I remember my mom decided to say, like, first of all, my mom forever is always on about some five pounds in some, in some direction. She would either want you to lose five pounds or gain five pounds. She'll be like, oh, you got to lose five pounds in a week. That's not even possible. Or, I mean, if you just don't eat that week, yeah, I guess you'll lose five pounds, but it's, you you can't healthily lose five pounds in a week, so... Do not try that. You might be able to lose a pound in a week. And that's like with hard work. <laughs> but to lose five pounds in a week. But yeah, you know, like my mom's always been like a huge stickler about how, your appearance and how you look. So of course, weight is a massive thing for her. And yeah, I had lost a lot of weight. You know, like I, I wasn't like malnourished looking or anything. Like I was still healthy. I was just, I just lost a lot of weight from playing video games all summer and not eating, really, not eating much. And one day she said like, Leandro, you look emaciated. And I've never heard that word before. And how she said it and like her voice and how she looked and her, 
Like she had like such a concerned look on her face that I just looked so skinny to her. You know, she had to make some kind of comment. She couldn't just say nothing or just be like, oh, why did you? It was like, oh, you lost a lot of weight. Like what happened? And I would have just told her, it's like, yeah, I just played video games all summer. I am 17. <laughs> like when you're that age, you can, you can gain and lose weight in a snap by doing literally nothing. I guess she forgot that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, now it was like, it was just weird and concerning, but I don't know. That's my mom. She has to get on you about something. She can't just accept you for who you are. <laughs> like That's how she shows her love, by being absolutely annoyed and perturbed by something about you that she cannot stop talking about. <laughs> I never really, like... Like, once I had moved out on my own, like, after college and everything, like, I never really felt that self-conscious about my looks. Like, I kind of did, but not, I guess, because I was still kind of fresh out of college. So I still had that freedom <laughs> feeling about me, I guess. Once she moved in in 2019, it was just a whole different story. Because I had gained a lot of weight at that time. I was at probably my heaviest, heaviest. I was at like 191, 192 or so. And, you know, of course, a lot of things were changing about me mentally, too. Because my mother left my dad. She just pretty much barged right into my life, into my house, pretty much. It was very little planning. And that's just how it started. Am I happy and proud of my mom for leaving my dad? Absolutely. Like, I was at my heaviest, and, you know, then I had to get a new job because I was contracted, so I had to get, like, a real job so I could, you know, financially take care of my mom. Even though she was still going to work and all that, she would have to save up in order to move out, so I was... You know, I had to get, like, a more stable job for her. And, you know, I remember getting ready for work, you know, because we'd be getting ready for work at pretty much the same time. And I'd be happy about what I'm wearing. And she'd be like, you're wearing that? You got a muffin top. You look fat. And I guess she doesn't quite understand and realize that her words matter. Like, she, to this day, she doesn't think her words matter. Like, her words affect all of us, all of her kids, more than she could ever imagine, more than she can ever fathom. And to just hear that every, like, not every morning, but at least once a week, you just hear some bullshit about how you look. She, did, she couldn't take a second to put herself in my shoes that, hey... Okay, Leandra's parents split up. Her mother's living with her. She was living by herself for like four or five years or something. She had to get a new job. So she's starting, a, like she's still new at this job. And I am just gonna make her feel like shit before walking out of the house. I, I, like... I guarantee you that was never a thought that ran through my mom's head. I don't know. Like, I don't know if 
Caribbean parents, especially, like, of course, you know, I'm speaking more of the, of the Jamaican Caribbean lens. I don't think they ever bother to put themselves in their child's shoes. Unless they're, of course, a therapist or something. <laughs> but they never for a second think how they may be feeling. How this may be affecting them. And they never want to be positive to you. They think being positive is saying nothing. They think that what they say just goes in one of our ears and out the other. And I think it was pretty insulting for them to believe that based off of who we were as children and as teenagers. Because if we get to a place in our lives when we're, in a, we're adults then you should understand as a fellow adult that who you were as a child and as a teenager is, is not quite who you are now. You would be hard to you'd be hard pressed to find an eight-year-old homeowner. You'd be hard pressed to find a 16-year-old working a corporate job, making a salary, and is not an intern. <laughs> You'd be hard-pressed to find a 12-year-old at the mechanic, at the car mechanic, waiting for their car to get fixed so they can drive to work the next day. You know? <laughs> you know? Like, we've learned from our pasts, or, like, we're trying to understand and process our pasts. And, of course, we're different people today. However... We as children have seen our parents pretty much be the same person all of our lives, like all throughout our lives, because by the time they had us, they were already adults. So it's just like, it's just very weird, you know, like it's just like a very weird misunderstanding imbalance. Like, if I'm taking the time out to understand where my mom is or where my mom must have been while she was living with me, you know, leaving her her husband who she's been with for just under 40 years sort of thing and how, mu and how that must affect her even though the relationship wasn't the best and that, you know, my father was insanely problematic and I'm just I'm saying that nicely if I can have like if I have time to understand that put myself in her shoes try to process that I don't see why she can't do the same for me I don't know why she can't do the same for all of us because it's a it's a really good way to understand that you had children who were just growing up trying to be kids. They're going to walk funny. They're going to talk funny. They're going to have interests that you may not like. But you got to at least understand that you don't want them to grow up with high levels of anxiety because you couldn't keep your judgmental, your judgmental thoughts to yourself. You're critiquing thoughts to yourself. You couldn't control yourself to the point that you to just not express yourself as if your child is literally a walking embarrassment to the family. You could have just 
let your child speak slowly. You could have let your child just be a kid at home. If you are critiquing literally everything that they do, they're going to go outside and question everything that they do to the point that they don't want to do anything. They're either going to not want to do anything or they're going to want to do everything because they couldn't get the answers at home. (laughs) They were just taught what not to do. And if what not to do was literally everything, then what do you expect them to do? Oh, man. I would say the best way of getting out of getting away from the idea of perfectionism is literally to do what you want to do is to try and fail, try and succeed, to stop thinking about like stop thinking about your imperfections, quote unquote, so much. Because the things that you notice on people, like you don't notice every single little thing on a person. And there are times when things that you may have noticed on someone, that little thing that you noticed that you thought was going to bother you doesn't even bother you anymore. You know, the way that they speak, if they use the word like a lot or how they walk or, you know, just these things that just make us human you start to not really pay attention to that so much because you got a lot of stuff going on in your life. They must have a lot of things going on in their life. I guarantee you, they know that they have a mole on their face. And I guarantee you that they have people in their life that can't stop mentioning the mole on their face. (laughs) So you mentioning this thing that they probably had their whole life is not going to change them. You're not the mythical person who's just going to suddenly fix something that doesn't even need to be fixed. So I say all this to say, and I may redo this episode, just kind of stretching my lungs. Me, me, me. Oh, that guy from One Piece. so I say all this to say you are fine how you are you are fine how you are if you have people in your life they've probably noticed the imperfections and they probably don't give a shit and if they do notice the like and even if they do notice the imperfections they Yeah, they don't give a shit. They look past it and they keep it moving because you are so much more than these tiny imperfections that you probably believe is bigger than life. (laughs) Just because your parents may have thought something, just because your mom, your grandma, your sister, your cousin couldn't stop making fun of you about a particular thing it doesn't mean everybody thinks that as well. It's always interesting whenever my friends mention their own quote-unquote imperfections to me because now that we're much older, like, you know, a lot of you are 20s, 30s, maybe 40s and 50s, 
we've all met so many people in our lives that it's very rare to meet someone that just never had that imperfection that you probably are still self-conscious about, you know? It's like meeting somebody with divorced parents, you know? <laughs> like, they, it might still be a big deal to that person, but to you, it's like, oh, yeah, who doesn't have divorced parents? <laughs> or, like, who doesn't know somebody with divorced parents? Like, you know, like, that's so common. Like, who doesn't know a guy who is short? Who doesn't know someone who walks a little weird? It's just interesting to think how our parents made us believe that nobody in the world was like you and you gotta be like everybody else. That is so untrue. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. I don't know when the next episode's gonna be. I'm not even going to deny that. But I love each and every one of you equally. I don't like how y'all walk, though. I don't like how y'all listen, though. Y'all have some weird listening skills with your ears and stuff. Your ears gotta look like Barack Obama's, you know, just ready for flight, ready for takeoff. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Anyways... Y'all have a great time in life, I guess. Stop thinking so much about your imperfections. Guarantee people aren't thinking about it as much as you are because are you thinking about other people's imperfections that much? Like, not really. You, you probably don't even know what they are. <laughs> and that's how most people are. Like, they, they, they're not really out here looking and if they are it's because they're just mad self-conscious and are you know assuming that everyone's thinking like this because their parents made them believe that and it is bullshit so with that said um my website is up agreeablegrayarea.com gray spelled with an a um of course you can email me at agreeablegrayarea at gmail.com and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Ciao.